Today's episode of Cerebral Dad is brought to you by Blue Apron. Fresh ingredients, interactive recipes, and comprehensive how-to videos make it easy for any home cook to create amazing dishes. Go to CerebralDad.com and click on the Blue Apron banner for your first three meals free. If you like tinkering, making things, electronics, cooking, life in general, or anything that makes cool dads cool, this podcast is for you. Episode, wait, let me check my notes. Uh, what episode is this? Oh, right, two of the Cerebral Dad Show. I'm your host, Cerebral Dad, and I'm actually, as promised, joined with another um, animator and artist, Chris Silvestri, and uh, he's he's actually a really cool guy. He's a dad of four, tech nerd just like me, a fellow blogger, and uh, he can be found on SilvestriArt.com. So welcome, Chris. How are you? Hey, Keith. How's it going, brother? Good, good. So um, you're an animator, and I uh, going over your portfolio. I have I'm I'm actually a huge fan too. And not only am I your friend, I'm a huge fan. I saw a whole bunch of stuff on your site that I didn't even know you did. Uh, I actually saw them out in the real world, and uh, right. um, I was actually su- surprised. <laughs> right. Um. So as an animator, what kind of software do you use? Well, it's a, like you said, there's a lot of different projects that animators get into because um, it, it starts from this to that and we all jump around a lot. So sometimes you'll work on one small piece, you know, one month, five years ago, and that turns into, you know, queer duck or something like that. But um, right. software wise, I think I jump around a lot. Um, I use primarily Flash. I use After Effects to kind of composite everything. Um, I did try using Toon Boom uh, Harmony, and the recent, the most recent project I did was Just Joking, which is an animated series with uh, Josiah Williams, and we experimented with a couple different softwares. Um, we used Flash, which was about a year ago. And then it just wasn't doing it for me. Um, the drawing. So th- that just you're just, you're talking about just joking, and that that was a three year long project, was it? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it, you know, if you can say that Toy Story is a three year long project, where they start, <laughs> and three years later they have Toy Story. This was, right. you know, hey, do you want to do this thing? Okay, we'll do it, and then we kind of moved on to other stuff, you know, that had, um, higher immediate return, so to speak, because we were both kind of investing our time, um, into it and we needed to, you know, it was kind of a side project for both of us. So it wasn't a steady three years of animating. Um, so yeah, now the first, the first, uh, episode just came out. It's about four minutes long. Uh, you know, he's a stand-up comedian and what we did was I, created a caricature of him and create, turned him into an animated character. Um, and the technical way that works, cause I know that's the, what, you know, the stuff you like talking about is, um, yeah. drew him out pen and paper, you know, rough it out. Right. Um, cause I do a lot of caricatures. So, um, once I have that, I'll scan it in, um, 
and I start building the character in Flash. Uh, like I said, I we started in Flash, went to Toon Boom, Harmony, which is a monster of a program. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's being touted as, you know, this huge animation monster. Um, mm. But the rigging was so insane. You know, I get so far with a character, but now I have to do it from the front and then I have to re-rig him from the side and then I have to re-rig him from three quarters. So it was just a, right. a monster. And that's for, just for one character. When, um, when you say rig him, you, you have these animation points, like, um, I don't know, uh, points where movement is made and, uh, and you have to set that up for basically four characters of the same character. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, if you pick, you ever see those, uh, paper cutout dolls where they have like a little hinge and their elbows move their paper and they have oh, like, little, like the uh, brass fasteners. Yeah. Those brass fasteners in the middle. Right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you're basically building that in the computer. Um, the reason I went to Toon Boom was because they had these awesome drawing tools where you, you know, you had a, a lot more fluidity with the pen and that sort of thing. Well, mm-hmm. it just so happens right as I was getting completely frustrated with Toon Boom Harmony, the new flat, the new flash turned into Adobe anime and they had a lot of those tools. So oh, I've wow. been using flash for 15 years. It kind of died. Thank you, Apple. And then <laughs> I went, you know, harmony. And then I came, they came back right in time for this project. So everything's back in animate new name. You know, I feel much better about it. The tools are much easier um, and artist friendly than they used to be, you know? Uh, right. So you know me, I used to be a Flash um, developer a long time ago, back yeah. in the early days. And I know a little bit about Flash, and I know it's a pain in the butt to sync lips to audio. So what are some of the techniques that you use to make that happen? So that's the perfect example of something that I used, I moved to Harmony for. So and I don't want this to be, you know, bashing harmony, but they had this great tool where you could, um, use it to automatically sync to your, um, to your audio file. It wasn't perfect. They had a a weird way of naming the, um, the phenomes as you call it. So if your mouth movement has an M sound, um, you know, you would name that frame M. Well, they named that frame a or, B, you know, it has nothing to do right. with that. Um, now, right. could that have been grandfathered in from animators in the n- 1940s? Maybe. I don't know. But just <laughs> then, you know, when anime came out, they had they have a frame swapper um, where you can preview all the frames within a symbol. And then you can see the name of it, which I would label M because it looks like an M. And then I, you still have to scrub back and forth. Um, and just pick, pick the phenome that works best. Um, there's a couple plugins. I haven't found really a great one. Um, but Hey, hopefully, um, there's there's a lot of those, there's a lot of those talking head plugins that, you know, they really don't work very well. Right. Uh, Right. Your eye can tell, um, sometimes, you know, an S isn't really an S, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I hope soon, you know, I can have my daughter um, do it for me and, you know, I'll pay her handsomely for that kind of work because it is a little bit, you know, right. it's some grudge work, you know. Yeah. So uh, speaking of which, uh, does your daughter 
Is she into animation? Is is that what she uh, is? Is that what she wants to focus in? Uh, no, because um, as cool as you might be, your kids will never think you're cool. So um, I don't think she's real <laughs> to animation. Um, right. She's into right. acting. She. Um, so she just started high school. So I'm a little bit um, on pins and needles lately. She just started last week. So there's that whole thing yeah. <laughs> and all that, in there, you know? So, so speaking of fatherhood, um, you had a great article um, a few weeks ago on our working from home and the dynamic there. Um, actually, we'll, we'll post the link at the, in the description of the podcast um, if you're interested. But so can you talk about, can you sort of give us the clip notes of uh, what, what you mentioned in that article? Yeah, it's, it's uh it's definitely tricky. It's definitely a balance because, you know, let's say you have, um, files transferring on one laptop to a server, and then you're testing it on a surface pro three because you need, um, you know, you're developing an app, but in the meantime, you have a phone call call coming in in about five minutes. Um, you also have to write out this email that needs to go out before the phone call starts to make sure. Well, you're busy and you're spinning at hundred miles an hour. But if some little kid comes in, you just look like dad just sitting around doing nothing. They don't, <laughs> right, you, right, they don't know what's right. in it. them. It's the same. So basically yeah. it's setting routines for yourself and setting boundaries for everyone else. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. One of the things is, you know, when I, I always had that set time that nine o'clock time that I start every single day you know, it has to be a routine. Um, one trick that a fellow animator taught me was just leave the house every morning, go out yeah. for coffee, hit the gym, walk your dog, do something that when you come back, you know, it's time to work. You have something in your head that, that switch that just triggers and you're just ready to go. If you do that, that really helps. I stop at the same time every day. Um, the big thing is you just don't want to be half working and half at home all the time. Because yeah. life just sucks, you know. Yeah, you can't. There's no divide. You know. You know what I mean. That, that I thought that was a great um, tip because you know, even though you're working from home, you're still at home and you still have the potential to get that you know cabin fever, so to speak. Right. Um, it, it drains the creativity out of you. And, and definitely, being an animator is. <laughs> let's face it. It's a it's a creative job, and uh, if you get the cabin fever and and you're you're you get into that lull. Um, it's very hard to do your job. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, you have to be in work mode, but you do have to, you know, one thing I get dressed every day, you know, I don't sit around in pajamas cause you <laughs> have to go out and talk to humans once in a while. Um, right. Know, um, if I'm home and I'm at my desk, I'm still wearing my shoes no matter what. Okay. I don't, you know, I, I work yeah. with my shoes on no matter what, you know, um, right. and then, you know, you can, once you set what your rules are, what your routine is, then you can start making exceptions later on, but you need to be, you know, on point on schedule. Otherwise nothing gets done. Um, and then that's when frustration settles in. So you just need to just, um, separate and with the kids and the wife, you just really have to talk to them and say, Hey, listen, when I'm down here, this is what's going on. It's not, you know, playtime. I'll come up. Your come out or whatever at these times, 
and then it's good to, you know, if you got to head out and really focus on something, um, get that deep work in, you know, hit up the library, throw the headphones on and just get into it. Um, or your local right. coffee shop. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I, I found that to be a huge tip because, uh, as of lately, I've been a stay at home parent trying to be, um, productive and, you know, that's really helped me get into a routine, get dressed, you know, maybe put on a, a shirt and tie every once in a while just to, to make you feel like you're 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 doing something important. Uh, it's really a good tip. Yeah, yeah. And definitely, um, you know, we have to get used to um, that. It, there is a new economy out here. You don't have to sit in one place and work, you know, for the place closest to you. You know what I mean? You can go yeah. live where you want and work, you know, set up rules and set up relationships with people where you can work on different projects or, you know, things that aren't in your town, you know, right. mostly the commutes right. 45 minutes away. Anyway, I think that's the average for people. So, right. Right. so you're, you're a slightly more experienced father than I am. I, I only have two kids. You have four, but 30 years ago, our, our parents didn't have the technology that we do. So what, what kind of things would you say within the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, would you say that as a dad, what kind of techie stuff have you leaned on to become a better parent that, that our parents probably wouldn't have 30 years ago? Uh, well, there, and this isn't super high tech, but I think the um, Netflix has really helped us or helped me. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, they just watch Netflix all day. Well, look, um, we cut the, the, the cable cord um, a year ago. We we're paying 200 bucks a month without HBO and they're getting all these commercials. It's not so much that the shows, you know, you can control what your kids watch to an extent, but the commercials that they're seeing, it's just bombarding because they look exactly like the show. They're animated very well, top notch. Um, so they yeah. look almost better than the show. And now it's all about Lucky Charms and this and that. Um, right. and then, you know, you have, um, 10 o'clock at night, you got a naked rear end on channel four, you know, now right. I'm not super conservative, right. but you can't really, how can you guard that? So Netflix was a huge thing. Um, Hulu, all that stuff, because, you know, you can at least get rid of the mindless, um, watching of commercials and TV shows. You know, it's not, you have to really sit down and plan a show now because there yeah. isn't cable in the house, you know, there's not a constant news feed on the TV. Um, right. Plus Barney's, on, I thought... and I have a one-year-old and you know, Barney's important. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. The one thing, one, the one thing uh, I've noticed is, uh, especially with Logan, he's my uh, almost five-year-old. Yeah. Um, if he watches regular TV, which is a rarity these days, he gets frustrated that he can't pick what show he wants to watch because um, if he um, if he's going through and, and watching his shows, he likes to pick a specific episode that he likes. Um, but when you're watching regular TV, you're at the mercy of the the network. <laughs> and I, I thought that was funny, you know. Unless unless you wait that twenty minutes and your DVR, you know, builds up enough yeah. that you can blast through it. But that DVR is ten bucks. Or 11 bucks a month, yeah. you know, so you right. might as well just get Netflix instead. But, um, right. yeah, my son's Logan too, by the way, he's uh 10. Oh, yeah, great minds think alike, right? That's right, that's right. 
<laughs> so uh, what kind of hobbies are you into? What do, what do you do uh, when you're not animating or, 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 or being a dad? Well, I think, well, I'm never not being a dad. You know, they constantly come in and remind me that, you know, they have soccer practice or, you know. Right. One of my hobbies now is, you know, let's say I want to go get coffee at four. Well, I can't do that because I, you know, I have to go drive a bunch of girls to Applebee's, you know. So my hobbies <laughs> include driving kids around. Um, when we when we make time, I definitely like to step back from technology and draw with the kids, you know, mm -hmm. show them some, uh, some of the classic, you know, show them how to paint and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. That's you know, cause you don't get, there's so much technology that I don't, that I don't need to show them too much. Um, mm -hmm. you know, but I have a, good, I have a, yeah, I, I have a good friend that, um, he does watercolor with his son. Uh, his son is almost five, uh, a couple of weeks, um, uh, older than, than Logan and they do watercolor together. Uh, and he's actually, getting to be a pretty good artist. And uh, if I had a stitch of artistic ability, I'd probably do something like that with the kids. Yeah. Well, the old saying is, um, and I don't know where I heard this, maybe school, maybe a Pixar book or something, but you could teach yeah. an artist to use a computer a lot easier than you could use someone who knows how to use a computer, how to be an artist, you know? So if you know right. those traditional things, um, you could pick it up. And a lot of it's just getting used to messing up. You know what I mean? Once the right. paint's down, it's down. You can either cover it up. So I wouldn't be too, um, you know, nervous about not being a good artist just to throw some paint in your kid's hands. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, right. But technology wise, uh, yeah, we, I, the kids have the iPads and, um, the PS4s and PS3s and that kind of stuff. Um, Apple just, release a new uh coding platform for kids which i'm gonna um start pushing my older kids into you know yeah yeah that's great i mean i i think it's uh almost a necessity these days to teach your kids how to code um get them exposed to how things work because when i was younger i the one thing that drove me is this one book that i got from the the school library it was actually called how things work and it got my curiosity up and uh, I just started you know taking apart my toys to figure out if uh, you know what the book was saying was true <laughs> and it got right. me into tinkering you, you know what I mean and yeah uh, yeah that's how you learn that's how you learn it's, right right and were you guided in that or you just did it on your own or I just did it on my own I you know my my mom was like oh this toy's getting old I'm gonna throw it away I was like no nah, can I can I just take it apart can I just see what's going on and then I'll throw it away you know and, and then you know uh it, it, it just blossomed from there, you know, yeah. I was like, and then I started asking questions. I was like, okay, what does, what does this do? What, why, how does this motor work? Uh, you know, where does this wire go? And why does that board look funny? You know, it, it's, it's, you know, and then I just learned from there. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it's, it's definitely something that we have to supplement with our kids. You know, if they if they're in our traditional, you know, uh, government approved school, then they're going to get, um, very thought out assignments, generally speaking. So if you have a, um, a, a test, you're not going to have a lot of open-ended questions. It's going to be a, B or C. Um, right. 
But when you're creating something it's or you're trying to figure something out, it's not always A, B, or C. It has to be, right. well, how can we make it work? You know what I mean? Because if yeah, I, I think I think that's one of the flaws with you know public schools is, is there's no critical thinking. Um, it's it's like let me guess at the answer and I have a thirty three point three percent chance of getting it correct. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, we have to supplement that stuff. Like my sons were um, well, my son was in scouts. Um, the Boy Scouts, and they have a lot of hands-on stuff where, you know, you have to build a fire or you have to, you know, um, build a rocket or that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But there's, there's if, if you just set up a, you know, set up a time to do it with them and work on a little project or get them something that they can do themselves, I mean, you know, even if it's just Legos. I mean, one of the things that we do with our old toys is repaint them and turn them into a new toy, you know? Right. Get a, yeah, like, yeah, my six-year-old, he'll get little um, figures from wherever, from the craft store or from these little white uh, plaster figurines, and he'll just paint those. He has a joker, a Heath Leather joker that he must have painted 14 times. <laughs> you know, he doesn't care. He just wants to paint him again. But you have those other figures. Yeah. No, no, no. I want to paint this guy. This guy's my favorite. He just paints them with acrylic over and over again, so. Hey, I, I saw a while back that you um, you made this model of uh, I guess uh, a space guy or something like that. I, I I don't know. And you 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 were taking a course on how to airbrush him. Um, yeah, it was an airbrush course. It was um, there's a uh, thing by us. Well, it's up in North Jersey, but it's called Jersey Fest. And every year they mm-hmm. um, they have uh, model makers and. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the and they have classes too. So the way the event goes is you have modeling, airbrushing um, classes on Friday, and then exhibits all weekend long. You know, so I, t- mm-hmm. you know, had a I wanted to learn more about airbrushing, kind of in like a on like actual objects, not just flat canvas. You know, and it was a right. creature from the Black Lagoon looking character. Right, right, right. right. I guess it's kind of hard because um, when you're dealing with three dimensions and in real life, you don't want to do your shading <laughs> uh, to, um, you know, I guess to favor one side or the other. I, I guess that's that's the challenge to make it look realistic is to uh, paint it correctly, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, that's one of the things I asked. I mean, are you painting it to what it's looking, it would look like? lit up or painting it to what it looks like not lit up. You know what I mean? Um, are you adding in shadows or not? And it's really, you know, that's something that you do that you have to kind of judge and, you know, and you have to judge it as an overall effect and then kind of get in there piece by piece. And, you know, if you're going to go heavy on the shadows, you got to do it all over the place, you know? Um, but that's, I think that's how, um, I brought my boys there on Sunday, I think it was the kids day. And, you know, um, they have a vendor show where a lot of people bring their models that they create, um, whether they're in plaster or they're, um, you know, it's, it's more of a hobby kit type of thing where they have, uh, airplanes and star Wars stuff, right. Frankenstein stuff, Godzilla right. models for $300 from Japan unpainted. It's like, wow, that's, 
great use of 300 bucks, but you know, <laughs> they have contests for that kind of stuff. It's really cool. And the kids saw it and they really started getting into it. You know, we got a couple models um, that they put together, painted up, you know? Yeah. And that's one of those things that, you know, you just don't see that kind of stuff as much anymore. Kids just aren't into it, right. you know? Um, but there, it's, you know, there is no um, right answer. There's no, right. you know, left, right, left, right, BA start kind of thing. You know, it's just, here's what it is. Do what you want. Was that a Contra reference? Yeah, but I think I messed it up. I think I. Yeah, you might have to try that one again. Yeah, I'm just going to no, have no, to do not it. Not right now. Not I'm just going to have to play with the three guys that I got and not get, you know, <laughs> the un. <laughs> Right. Well, Chris, it was definitely a pleasure to actually talk to you and, and get to little, get to know a little bit about what you do and who you are as a father. Um, thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, my pleasure. Hopefully we can it do this great. again. Yeah, let's do this again sometime. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think your site's great. I like what you're doing, and it's uh, it's good to uh, to see you putting your your cerebral power to to work. <laughs> thank you <laughs> I like the blog it's, it's, uh, it's going well much. I see thank you and uh, if you want to check out Chris and what he does you know, go to sylvestriart.com uh, and there will be a link in the description um, along with all the articles that we talked about and some of the things we didn't um, thanks Chris thanks for joining me and uh, I'll talk to you soon alright Keith thanks brother That wraps up another episode of the Cerebral Dad Show. I'm Cerebral Dad, and as always, check me out on social media, facebook.com forward slash Cerebral Dad, CerebralDad.com, and patreon.com forward slash Cerebral Dad. Chris is a great guy and a talented animator, and I encourage you to check him out on his website, SylvestriArt.com. You won't be disappointed. As always, some may call me a nerd, but the most important, call me Dad.